Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go in-depth on all things Cyclones. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome to a Cyhawk edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Randy Peterson. I am Travis Hines coming to you from one of the uh, more interesting weeks of every single football season with Iowa and Iowa State set to take the field at Jack Trice Stadium on 2.30 on Saturday afternoon, a game broadcast by Fox. Both teams 1-0 after uh, beating uh, lower-tier opponents, I think would be the way to put that, Randy. We could talk a little bit about Iowa State's 30-9 victory over UNI, uh, but certainly the focus this week is on the head, and that is with the Hawkeyes. Yeah, they both, you know, just to, just to capsulize last week, both teams, the little bit I saw of Iowa live and or live on TV is, and then I watched a little bit of a replay. They were as I have looked as vanilla as Iowa State did. So, um, and I'm guessing that was by plan. So I don't think anybody can take anything, <clears throat> excuse me, anything away from overall team performances of last week, but certainly individual performances. Yeah, I think I think that's that's open for open for comment. But as far as as far as this being Cyhawk week, yeah, it is. Um, this is I don't get on the internet very much, and this is a week I, I really don't get on the internet. I don't care. I, I just I just I don't like all the I don't know the animosity that goes on between between the 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 fan bases and and I it's just I don't know. I I would I would be very <clears throat> upset if the if the eventual conference reorganizations because it's, I mean, more reorganizations because it's going to happen. If it eventually causes this game to go away, that would, that would annoy me. But uh, um, I guess, I guess it's, it's, it's a good, I guess it's okay for the fans to, to bicker at each other. I mean, we're not around other big rivalries like this. So um, that's probably common, commonplace everywhere, but yeah, I'm, um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing the game. Um, on TV and, and, you know, and all the trappings that go with it, I don't, I could care less about. I mean, I'm sure there'll be politicians galore in the, in the parking lots. Um, so I'm not really enamored by all that stuff, but yeah, I, I I'm curious about the game because both, both teams still have a lot to prove. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a spectacle, right? Like there's a reason that game day has only been to Iowa state twice in the school's history. Obviously, a big piece of that is that they weren't very good for very long, but that you get a game like Iowa and Iowa State. Those are the games that people care about in this state and beyond when both teams are good. Obviously, this does not have the juice of those previous games where game day was in town. But even when their teams aren't great or expected to be great, 
this game matters a lot. And I think, again, Randy, I couldn't agree with you more that if this game goes away, it'll be to the detriment of the state and to the state of college football because getting games like these, to me, are, are why you play. Like, I think we've lost a lot of our of what has made college football what it as successful as it has been, and that's caring about beating your neighbor's favorite team, beating the team that the people you see in the grocery store care about. It doesn't all have to be striving towards a national title to beat a team in Oregon or to beat a team in Florida or wherever across the country where you will never see one of their fans outside of an airport or on vacation. And I think, again, when you get a game like this, yes, it can lead to uh, some gnarliness on the internet and uh, some interesting interactions in person, but it is what makes college football special and worthwhile uh, to continue. But in terms of this game, it's going to be interesting because I don't know, to your point, both offenses are the biggest question marks coming into the season for both of these teams. And I think they remain question marks going forward. Iowa State showed some interesting things, but only ran 45 plays in the game. Only completed, what, 14 passes, 13 passes. Uh, Rocco Beck, its starting quarterback, only completed 10. Iowa, very much the same. After they got out to their early lead, didn't do much with it. Uh, do much with the ball after that. So to me, that's what we're going to learn about in this game, most likely, right? Or maybe even not, because we know we assume both defenses are good. Can either offense find any success? And Randy, do you, I, I feel more confident about Iowa State's offense not being a train wreck, which I didn't anticipate coming in, but you got to be a little worried about it with new quarterback, new offensive line coach, new running back that, you know, there could be some serious growing pains in week one that we didn't see. We saw some penalties that were problematic, but certainly Iowa state was able to operate the offense efficiently and smoothly. So now can they operate it productively against a power five, you know, one of the best historically defenses in the country year in and year out. I was just going to, I was just going there. Yeah. This historically is the second game for Iowa state. It and with this team, excuse me, dang, with this team that's so young, um, a team of it's so young, a, a program that's in transition from being bad to gradually building up to being good again. Because I think that I think it's going to happen within the next three years. I don't know how good, but I think this team will be good again. Trust me. Um, but if this game, if if this game and the um, the week after next game against Ohio University. If those games were flip-flopped, I think it would be better for Iowa State because they'd have two games under their belt with a new quarterback, with a new offensive coordinator, with a new, you know, like you said, all that all that newness. Um, they'd have they have two games under their belt instead of, wow, playing against Northern Iowa, which it, I don't know whether this is – that was a great – that was one of the better Northern Iowa teams that Farley's had. I don't know. I don't watch Northern Iowa that much. But Iowa State certainly didn't um, allow them to do a whole lot, and now boom into the best, into the right into the game with against the best defense this team will face all season. Um, that's that's, and it was the same thing last year with with Iowa State, but at least Deckers had, had at least played, for example, and the running backs had played a little bit, for example. So we'll see um, what what happens. I mean, I, I'm guessing. This it's just a guess, and it's probably a good guess that this will be another low-scoring game. 
17, 13, 17, 10, somewhere in that in that vicinity. And who knows, heck, it may come down the same way it did last year. The 99-yard drive and then a hold-your-breath missed field goal but uh, um, at the, on the last play of the game. But it's um, I'm not expecting much from either offense because the Iowa offense certainly wasn't wasn't great um, last week. They got out. Uh, Utah State had more yards than the Iowa offense did, for example. Which once again, I don't stats aren't going to make that big a deal. I don't think, especially when there's going to be fewer plays in each game um, because of the clock running situation. I don't I don't think we're going to get all hung up in stats and and in player and in and in time of possession. Um but uh it, this is this is so forget your your uh, forget the offensive mindset for a minute. This is going to be a very fun game to watch um on the defensive side of the ball on on, on both teams. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, I mean you look at what Iowa State and Iowa were able to do defensively and Obviously, I think Iowa and Iowa State were both expecting to have good defenses this year, and I, I don't know that either were really tested. I mean, I, I thought Iowa State looked really good. I thought they made Theo Day look incredibly mediocre. And to your point, I haven't watched a ton of Theo Day other than uh, you know to get ready for this game, and there was a lot of buzz about his talent that uh, in terms of his ability to play at the next level. I didn't see that on Saturday. It'll be interesting to see if that was the Iowa State defense or if that was uh, Theo Day not being able to to live up to the hype there. Uh, but Iowa State's defense looked really good. They played a ton of people uh, on at really all three levels of the defense, most notably on the first and second. And again, I don't know how much they're going to be tested this week against Iowa because I still think even the you know how healthy is Cade McNamara going to be? Didn't look super healthy at times against Utah State last weekend. Uh, so, again, I don't know that we're going to learn that much about the Iowa State defense here, uh, but obviously they got to continue to do what they did against you and I, and Iowa's going to be better than you and I. Yeah, I, I think <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I was I interact with the, the registers um, Iowa State text group quite a bit, especially during football seasons, and they are – very loyal Iowa State fans, but they're very, also they're not they're they're what's the word I'm looking for? They're down to earth. They get it, um, but there's so much excitement in the Iowa State fan base, at least with Sama. Oh my gosh! And I knew he was going to be good. I knew. He, I mean, I knew he had the potential. To be good, I saw him play a lot of high school football because obviously I live in the Southeast Polk School District. I saw him play a lot, but I I answered those people by saying that by writing that um, forget that just forget the the fact that he, that he's a, that he's a freshman. Take away take away the fact that he was a freshman, and would you would you be excited about him? Um, I think I think there people are enamored just because of the 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 newness he is and the rarity that a true freshman came out there and, and, and played pretty well. We've seen that before. We've seen that with, with Brees. So I don't, I don't, I think, I think there is potential excitement there in the Iowa state running game. I think, I think it's going to be good. And that's a, that's a very young room. Now it's up to Matt Campbell to keep those kids, to keep those kids now 
um, happy because what Cartavius is a sophomore, Eli's, Eli Sanders is a sophomore, um, Abu Sama is a true freshman. They've got another true freshman. That's going to be tough to keep to keep those guys happy, or they're going to have to figure out a, a way to do it. So, on one hand, yeah, that. But on another hand, you've got a, a, a running back room, that running back position. They're they're going to be fresh. So that's where the among the Iowa State fan base, at least that I interact with, that's where they're the most they're most excited is is the rushing game and. And oh, by the way, they're going to be rushing into a defense that probably, like we've talked about, is going to be one of the top, could be one of the top five defenses in the country. So certainly got its work cut out for it. And Iowa State's offensive line, did it improve on, did it? Did they show improvement on Saturday? I don't know. Um, it was just, it was, it was Northern Iowa. It was, I don't, I'd have said that if it was Miami of Ohio. I don't know. Um, they, they did what they had to do. That was curious to me, though, that they only played seven players, at least according to the to the um, participation chart. The way we've been hearing it, there's so much depth in that room, and there was, certainly was opportunities to get more kids in there. But um, maybe it's just going to be a seven or once midseason gets here an eight an eight player rotation <clears throat> when when or, um, when Ramsburg gets back because I fully expect him to be in the rotation starting what game number seven, but. Uh, um, there were there's reasons for excitement for Iowa State fans, but I don't think I think reality needs to set in also that it was just game one and they're going to be facing the best defense I'll face all year in just a few days. Well, Randy, you mentioned Sama. He was one of nine true freshmen to see the field on yeah. Saturday for Iowa State. I, I believe I saw our colleague Chad Lysakow tweet that Iowa played no true freshman on Saturday. What are your thoughts? Again, I don't know that it's, I think nine is a big number, certainly, but I think we were anticipating seeing quite a lot of true freshmen given the rankings of these this recruiting class by the, the online recruiting services and how well-regarded this class has been within the staff. What are your thoughts on nine guys seeing the field? And obviously it's worth noting that the, the rule that changed a number of years ago uh, that these guys can play up to four games and still hold their red shirt. So it's not like they, they burned red shirts on Saturday, but still notable that nine true freshmen played on Saturday against the Panthers. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's very notable, but it's going to be interesting. People are wondering how many of these kids are going to end up red shirting. I don't know whether people are going to red shirt anymore. I mean, as much anymore because of the transfer portal. I mean, essentially, Every player in college in college athletics is is potentially one and done with the way the 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 portal is un unregulated. Um so, so that's a tough that's a tough call for the coaches. Now what do they are, do they that's gonna be a tough conversation to, to say, are you gonna do you want a red shirt? Do you want to just play four games and sit out? That's a, it's gonna be a very tough, a very tough conversation. But Iowa State playing that many freshmen. We knew they'd play some, but I didn't. You're right. I didn't know they'd play that many. Um, and especially starting a, a linebacker, Jack Sadowski, which we'd heard that and they'd insinuated that for a long time. So that's that was interesting um, that they that he did. And, and I don't I didn't notice anything that he did. I didn't good. I didn't notice anything he did bad. So that's probably a good thing. Um 
certainly he can learn from from Gary Vaughn, you know, is the veteran, the most veteran player on the on the team, who just happens to also be a linebacker. But but playing the freshman, that's 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 great if you can get away with it in games this in victories this season, like they did last Saturday. It's it's great also for the future of the program. Because like I alluded to earlier, this I think this program is going to start trending positive again. Um, um if you believe recruiting ratings. And it's going to be in just the, the whispers that we hear coming out of, of, of uh, the football building that, that these, these underclassmen in the next three or four years are, are going to be very good. And I have nothing to doubt it. And, and dude, I wouldn't be shocked if not as many of those freshmen play on Saturday. I don't, I fully don't, I fully expect not that many to play, but we've got to, we've got to mention Ben, Ben Bramer, Benjamin Bramer. I hope we start calling him Ben, but I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. It's easier to write. Um, but uh, that kid knew that kid looked like he knew exactly what he was doing out there when he ran out there and caught that touchdown pass. And and my gosh, he fit. And you and I saw him after the game talking to um, his family members who drove over from 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 Nebraska. That uh, dude. I did. He was. If he'd have been out of uniform, I would not. I would have thought he was. He was one of the veteran players. That's how big this kid already looks, and that's he's going to be a guy to watch too. We talk about Sama, but let's keep an eye on on the on the the tight end Benjamin Benjamin Bramer. Yeah, lots of uh, I think anticipation and excitement both within the fan base and honestly within the coaching staff about that freshman class. That there's a lot of guys that can do a lot of things for a lot a lot of years. Uh, going forward, we'll talk more about the Iowa-Iowa State matchup when we return on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3, 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Coming to you on uh, this hot, hot Labor Day. Happy Labor Day, by the way, of Cyhawk Week as we get ready for Saturday's 2.30 kick between Iowa and Iowa State. Randy, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the Iowa State offense, given you know how much attention we devoted to it all offseason long. The play count is obviously going to skew the total yardage and everything like that. Um, you know, we saw that all across the country with the new timing rules. But I am curious what you make of Rocco Becht, what you think of the fact, you know, Iowa State puts 30 points on the board, but 10 of those basically come from defense and special teams with uh, Jeremiah Cooper's pick six and then the, the no play field goal to end the half uh, from Chase Contreras from 56 yards, which, uh, again, that, that was a a positive sign, but Iowa state goes two for 11 on third down. Here is the receiving numbers from wide receivers. Jalen Knoll, yeah. four catches, six yards. Uh, Higgins, one catch for 15 yards. Aiden bitter, one catch for 15 yards. Again, not a lot of, and Iowa State did try to throw the ball downfield a couple of times, both with Becht and Cole. Uh, and I think all of them were overthrown. Some of that obviously game plan. Some of that's getting out early, but I, I do wonder. You know, did 
did you see enough from this Iowa State offense to be confident, or is there enough under the surface here where it's like, let's see more to come? I mean, they average like 6.4 yards per attempt in the passing game, which would have been like outside the top 60, I think, when I looked it up on Saturday. Uh, maybe like 75, I can't remember, but middle of the pack. Which again, not terrible, and you got to take into account the the rookie quarterbacks, the level of opponent, that it was a million degrees on Saturday. But still, I feel like we don't know very much about this offense still after 45 plays on Saturday. I think we know one thing about the the offense. I think we can we can go to the bank with one thing. They're going to they're going to use the the tight ends more. They're, and that was that was. I'm guessing that was a big part of the game plan on Saturday, which it didn't just happen that the tight ends caught passes, caught half of the 14, made half of the 14 receptions. That was by design. It, wasn't, it didn't just happen. That was by design. They wanted, number one, Rock, it gave it gave Rocco Beck, it, it, there's not a whole lot of thinking that you have to do in throwing the ball to the tight end because they're right there, right in front of you. And they're not very deep, usually. And number two, it gave the tight ends tight ends confidence because Campbell and the assistant coaches have been hyping up that that tight end room since spring. I mean, they they have, and you know we've heard the hype around Easton Dean since he tr- he transitioned from quarterback to tight end for ten years ago, whenever it was. It seems like, but um, we'd heard about you know we knew about Tyler Moore how good he, how good he was. Gabe Burkle, we we heard a lot coming in about him also. I don't think we heard a whole lot about about Bramer, but for my money, he was he he deserves more more playing time, and I'm sure he's going to get it. So, in that respect, that part of the offense was about giving those guys confidence, getting those guys confidence. And Saturday certainly did nothing to um, to go against that. I mean, if those guys got, I would I would guess if you're a tight end on the Iowa State football team, you now feel like you're a legitimate part of the team, and not just and not just out there to 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 block for to block for somebody. I'm not, I'm not saying it goes back to the to the days of Charlie Kohler, Chase Allen, um, um, CM Buckner, um, Jared Russ. You know some of those guys. But uh, I think I think this is this is a very a very good tight end room, and they got confidence, and that was maybe the biggest takeaway of the whole offense for me. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to someone close to the program uh, ahead of the game on Saturday before the game. And this person said that Ben Bramer reminded them of Charlie Kohler his sophomore year. Yeah. That Bramer's a couple years ahead of where Charlie was. And obviously Charlie went on to be probably the best tight end in school history and obviously now plays for the Baltimore Ravens. So that that is high praise. So I do think he is a guy that is going to emerge and that people are going to be excited about going forward. And again, I think Saturday, if Iowa State goes out and puts a bunch of points on the board, I think that's super encouraging about what they can do going forward in the Big 12. They go out and struggle. That'll be, I think, certainly disappointing if you're them or an Iowa State fan. But I don't know that that'll be the time to push the panic button either. I think we've got to take all these things in stride, just like you don't want to overreact to them playing you and I of the Missouri Valley Conference. You don't want to overreact to them playing an Iowa defense that has been really good the last few years and is anticipated to be very good again, going forward. And again, Randy, like you look at uh, the rest of the big 12, you look like there's a few more winnable games out there, at least after (laughs) the first week, which again, week one in college football is a notorious liar, 
but you know, you saw Baylor struggle. You saw Texas Tech struggle. You saw Oklahoma State struggle. I think there was one more. There's too many damn teams. Uh, TCU. TCU, uh, yeah, against uh, Colorado, which, yeah, the the team of the week, I think, or team of the the century, maybe. Uh, But forever. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how all this unfolds going forward. I think we have the opportunity to learn a lot Saturday uh, when Iowa and Iowa State uh, take the field. But I don't know certain. I I do know that it's not going to uh, tell us everything we want to know, and, I, and I'm doubtful we'll learn it <laughs> the following week at Ohio too. But certainly a lot more positive than negative for Iowa State going into one of their uh, biggest games of the year. Frankly, you know, however, if anybody wants to downplay it, I, I will not let you. And then also, this game is hugely important and always will be uh, for the uh, the drive to six wins for Iowa State, especially a home game. So, huge game on Saturday, as if you needed me to tell you. But he's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Be sure to check out DesMoinesRegister.com all week for all your Cyhawk coverage needs, both from us and our colleagues covering everything over in Iowa City. Thanks for listening. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. We'll talk to you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.